clinical Up. clinical Clinical Population Population Clinical Population Population Clinical Population Clinical Population Style <laughs> 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 Hi, my name is Gabby. I'm Allison. I'm Grant. And welcome to Clinical Populations. Populations. Introducing music therapists to new bops and new bops to music therapy. And today we have a special guest. Pew, 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 pew. Pew, pew, pew. The Ming Yun Lao. Hi, everyone. It's nice to be here. Thanks for having me. You are yeah. welcome. Um, Ming, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, sure. So I am an international student, and I identify as Chinese Malaysian. Um, let's see. I am currently a PhD candidate at Ooh. Drexel University. Nice. Awesome. What else would you like to know? Um, do you have any specific areas of like clinical interest? Clinical interest. Okay, so I am also a Norah Robbins music therapist, and my dissertation is on the lived experiences of autistic people in Norah Robbins music therapy. And I'm using identity first language uh, in response to the autistic advocate uh, movement. That's amazing. Awesome. Cool. Um, well, Ming, we brought you onto the podcast because we have been um, trying to um, bring different cultures and different types of music onto the podcast. Um, and so you said you identify as Chinese Malaysian. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, can you tell us a little bit about the intersection of Malaysian culture and music? And Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, when I say Chinese Malaysian, it means that I, I don't, my race is Chinese, but then uh, my nationality is Malaysian. Okay. So when somebody identifies as Malaysian, so uh, they typically also um, attach their race onto it uh, too. Just um, unlike most other countries uh, or Asian countries. Uh, Malaysia is a multiracial country, so uh, we have Malays, Chinese, Indians as the uh, majority races of uh, Malaysia, and then we also have a bunch of other uh, indigenous races in uh, Malaysia too. So when we talk about Malaysian music culture, it's a bit broad because there's way too many races (laughs) in that one country. Mm. It's unlike... Japan, for instance, or Korea, mm-hmm. uh, where it's more homogenous mm-hmm. and uh, within their culture. So um, I can talk a lot about my lived experience as Chinese Malaysian and how um, the Chinese culture, when uh, Chinese people immigrated to Malaysia, um, back then, uh, this was before the People's Revolution or during the People's Revolution uh, of China, where they uh, moved to Malaysia thinking that they were going to uh, go back to uh, China after the war settled down or the political situation settled down. Or they 
um, earned enough money and they feel like they can have a um, comfortable life in China and bring the money back. Um, however, for my grandfather and his, uh, his great-grandfather, uh, they decided that um, we're not going to go back anymore. We're just going to stay here. So we retained a lot of uh, very traditional Chinese cultures. And uh, mm. a lot of, some of them are not even practiced in modern China now. Mm. But we still retain that as um, diaspora uh, of China. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. That's cool. So I guess... What are some predominant music genres or music styles? Or mm-hmm. I mean, I know you mentioned that it's like kind of um, a mixture of a bunch of different cultures. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. what is something that you would hear like on mainstream mm-hmm. radio? Yeah, so we do have a lot of Western pop or uh, Eurocentric pop that uh, does make its way all the way to Malaysia. Uh, Malaysia used to be a British colony, so we mm. do have a lot of music from the UK um, that did not make it in America but does make it all over to Asia mm-hmm. um, so there's a lot of that on airways we do also have our own um, local music scene um, anywhere from um, Malay rock to um, Chinese pop artists um, uh, and some of them have uh, branched out to Indonesia or Taiwan or ch- uh, currently China where the pop industry is booming um, with the uh, well, especially in China right now, the media uh, and culture is booming. So a lot of Malaysians have moved out there to um, start their recording career or mm. their celebrity career, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Very cool. Yeah. And the, the artist that we have today that we're going to listen to is a native to Malaysia. Right? Yes. So yeah. she uh, is a Malay Malaysian. So okay. um, oh, the the majority race uh in malaysia um she is a friend of mine that i met actually in brooklyn ironically (laughs) (laughs) yeah so while i was in uh new york um doing my north robbins training i met a lot of uh, malaysian musicians while Mm -hmm. i was there um and with immigrants or um international students we try to retain that uh or um, hold on to a little bit of the culture that uh, mm-hmm. we were uh, we grew up in, and that's through meeting other people uh, uh, from the same background or similar backgrounds. And while it's f- kind of weird, where in within Malaysia, because of how we were colonized by the British, the races were pretty split up. Mm-hmm. Um, they put uh, the British colonizers; they put Chinese people in uh, tin mines. While uh, Malays are with uh, rice paddy fields, and then Indians were with the rubber tree fields, uh, mm-hmm. plantations, sorry. Um, so they separated the races so they uh, we wouldn't be able to unite against the British. Wow. Yeah, so that is a colonizer move. They yeah. Yeah. separate all the races yeah. so that it wouldn't unite against um, the ruling power. Um, but we have gotten independence uh, after World War II. Um, but the after effects of um, this racial separation, segregation, is still alive and well. Mm. Um, it's uh, running through the course of politics. There's a lot of race-based politics that uh, goes on in Malaysia. Um, and then with race, is tip, uh, religion is typically tied to it. Most Malay people in Malaysia are uh, 
born into the Islam uh, Islamic faith or identify as uh, Muslim, mm-hmm. uh, whereas uh, the other races they um, get to choose mm-hmm. um, their um, religion or faith. Mm-hmm. Um, where was I going with this? How you, you met, met Irma? Irma. Yeah. How I met Irma? So. <laughs> Well, that's a big tangent. <laughs> no, it's good information. Yeah, it's good yeah, it, good yeah. So while things could be quite separate, especially in smaller towns, but um, but when we move overseas, we even though we identify as Chinese Malaysian or Malay Malaysian, Indian Malaysian, we still get we this Malaysian identity rises stronger mm-hmm. because we have that shared connection. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I met Irma is through meeting other Malaysian musicians in New York and a lot of them have actually made it quite big mm-hmm. um, I, a good friend of mine um, he has he had a studio and then he helped arrange stuff for a Solange and Beyonce what? Uh, he and his wife did Queen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's then uh, a good friend of mine he uh, played violin for Ed Sheeran when he was uh, wow. in New York so there are thriving Malaysian musicians overseas Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, and doing very well Uh, and we built a community Mm -hmm. Um, back when I was living there once a year we would play at a Malaysian restaurant in the West Village (laughs) (laughs) once a year uh, for Malaysia's Independence Day playing only Malaysian songs (laughs) so um no matter what language, as long as it's, uh, it's a patriotic song or a pop song written or composed by a Malaysian artist, mm-hmm. that qualifies to be played at that mm-hmm. <laughs> event. That is super cool. It's cool. awesome. Well, the song today that we're going to listen to by Irma Salaman. Is that my singer? Salaman? Okay, cool. Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, Irma is fine. Yeah, Irma? Yeah. Okay. So the song we're listening to by Irma is called My World, and we hope you enjoy. What's my name? They call me Irma, and this is my world. Play. 
And that was My World by Irma Salam. Ah, Salaman. Ah, dang. I'm also, so my parents make fun of me so much <laughs> because like I get, um, yeah, just the accents wrong in like any dialect in the Philippines, like all the time. They make so much fun of me. So that's, that's why I just don't speak at all. Um, but then they get the accents wrong in English. So, I mean, it's fair game. <laughs> the interesting thing about accents is that it's its own lingo. It and, and And it's unique to each geographical or cultural yeah. location you're at. Mm-hmm. And that's the way people communicate. It's not like you're using wrong English it's yeah. a Philippine English yeah. or there's Malaysian English yeah. too so yeah. it's uh, and then there's a lot of discrimination yeah from more f- Eurocentric fluency English yeah. speakers mm-hmm. towards people who speak English with an accent or mm-hmm. have their grammar mixed up with other grammar grammatical structures for other, yeah. uh, from other mm-hmm. languages so yeah. that is something that we need to be aware of yeah. when we're yeah. communicating with our clients mm-hmm. is that language is a cultural thing mm-hmm. and fluency is a systemic impression yeah mm-hmm. oh or, definitely yeah. yeah no i think it's like something that um especially when you work with more multicultural areas and you have to be more aware of that. Um, something I bring up with a lot of my interns is you may want to work on like fluency and those types of things, but like realize that a lot of these people, especially if you have individuals that may have some limitations with physicality when it comes right. to speaking, like they may be speaking a completely different language in their home life and you're expecting them to speak and yeah. adapt to, to something yeah, yeah, that's not right. useful for them in those mm-hmm. ways. And right. The lack of sensitivity to that in so many different like areas, mm-hmm. context is so important in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yes. as we start to become more aware and become more self-aware of like what we're trying to do and what we're imposing, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a really interesting shift yeah. in the next mm-hmm. few years mm-hmm. and yeah. like in the future yeah. to see how we go about these things, especially with like designing, developing like goals or objectives mm-hmm. right. or treatment in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's very like, yeah. individualized. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's like, it was just five years ago when the word ask slash acts was really contested Yeah, yeah. in yes. the English language. <laughs> yes. <right>? Yeah. <laughs> and English is just hard. It is. Like, it's a yeah. pure language. In general. Even, like regionally, there's different pronunciations yeah. of the same yes. words mm-hmm. or names or mm-hmm. things. So you just, I mean, it's all about like individualizing, especially when you're working with clients, just really getting to know your client yeah. and mm-hmm. developing that rapport and that language mm-hmm. with them. There's mm-hmm. so many clients that I have that, um, you know, some are nonverbal and so they use their their AAC device or they speak sign language mm-hmm. and they even have their own signs for things. So yes. just getting to know that client yeah. um, and getting to know that person because mm-hmm. everybody's going to be different. Yeah, mm-hmm. the important thing is connection and communication right. yes. and right. not use the human need for connection and communication as a way to oppress. Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Nice. Deep. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So speaking of language, so this song is in English. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. And also in a very untraditionally Malaysian style. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Actually, though, I was wondering if you could speak a little bit more about that. Um, Mm. Just out of curiosity, for those who are, this is their first, like, dive into Malaysian music. Mm -hmm. Like, what are some of, like, 
some trade. I wouldn't say trademarks. Mm. Hallmarks. No. What are some characteristics? Tra- there we go. Where is the- <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Grad school. <laughs> I know. Finals time. There we go. Great shells. Yay. So, what are some of the unique characteristics? What are some of the unique characteristics of Malaysian music? Right. Oh, it's fascinating because. Uh, I think we asked that and I got on so many tangents earlier so I'm so sorry but okay so with Malaysia it's a multiracial country so there's so many different culture, musical cultures out there but then we all share the same radio airwaves mm-hmm. um, and unlike America where you hear uh, a radio station in a foreign language and you skip over it in Malaysia we are more apt to um listen to it and mm-hmm. appreciate it for what it is even though you might not understand the language it's mm-hmm. a lot like how a lot of people in our generation or the younger generation are really appreciating uh, appreciating k-pop oh yeah right. without yeah. understanding the korean language right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's similar to like uh, uh, to that in malaysia where a k-pop is a big thing right now in mm-hmm. malaysia a lot of our music therapists are having to learn mm-hmm. how to sing in korean mm-hmm. to cater to teenagers needs right mm-hmm. their preferred music mm-hmm. um but during my generation, uh, Taiwanese pop was really popular, and a lot of my Malay or Indian classmates would uh, pick up Mandarin through um, wow. singing that, uh, listening to that on the radio. It's and with our TV channels, it's not language specific. Mm. We have English, Chinese, and Malay news on the same channel, <laughs> or TV dramas on the same channel. Huh. Yeah. It's Whoa. Not, That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's that, that's very uh, collective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, we all share the same country. All, yeah. all sh- even though there is segregation, like uh, within the same like housing area or mm-hmm. um, school systems, but we all understand the people are less segregated than what the government wants us to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so uh, there is. Also, the Malaysian way of communicating with each other, which mm-hmm. also could spill into music, where we mix all these languages together. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we order food, there's <laughs> a typical meme uh, that we see in Malaysian media where when you order food in Malaysia, you use English, Malay, Cantonese, Mandarin, <laughs> Hindi, Tamil, yeah. all in the one sentence. That's when awesome. you're <laughs> ordering a, a Roti from the <laughs> That's awesome. But you use all these different languages as yeah. ordering roti from the road site. <laughs> Which is a lot of fun, but it's uniquely Malaysian. Yeah. Um even with our neighboring country uh, uh, uh country Singapore, um their English like um Euro English fluency mm-hmm. could be much better than um Malaysia. Um yeah, jumping off that when I asked you to help me find an artist or a song and you sent me this one, I was like, wait, this is in English. Are you sure? <laughs> do we really want to do this one? Um, but you're like, yeah, we should do it. Yeah. yeah. We have plenty of artists that uh, write English songs, sing in English mm-hmm. with uh, all other languages too. We have Malay songs, um, Chinese songs. Um, yeah, they all exist. And uh, this was a friend's music that I would really like to feature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, 
so fun to listen to um it reminded me a lot of uh, of a lot of different artists that i listened to mm-hmm. um but like after i read her resume it all kind of made sense of all the different paths she's taken mm-hmm. and all of the different um you know uh things she's learned at berkeley mm-hmm. um and the different people she's met and the different places she's been so um can you speak a little bit more do you know much of her background um as I- far as like a singer songwriter I don't know. Um, I, we met for Thanksgiving. We <laughs> went to get food occasionally, but I've never had a chance to sit down and heard her story. Yeah. I actually went to one of her gigs in uh, Malaysia at this um, like jazz lounge called No Black Tie, hmm. and that was really fun. I really like that name too. But that was one of the more prominent uh, music venues for live music mm-hmm. uh, in Malaysia. And uh, but what I'm most impressed about her is that she's a music producer. She knows how to communicate. Yes, that was something that I was like, yes, woman producer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She yes. had a hand in every single mm-hmm. part of that process, yep. and it just like I had a huge smile on my face reading about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. She does her own arrangements yeah. every time she performs, and she uh, she knows what musicians she's working with and she would rearrange her songs just for that group Mm. of musicians yeah Uh, she knows what she wants in her music and how she wants it to sound in a certain venue and uh, when she talks to producers because she has studied music producing she knows how to talk to producers about mixing yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, so that is very impressive it is and for maybe there's a misconception that uh Oh, you, you're just a singer mm-hmm. um, that you don't know about uh, how to arrange. You don't know mm-hmm. how to read music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just sing your notes. Yeah. But she has a hand in everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's definitely, I know, like speaking from personal experience, it tends to happen to female artists mm-hmm. um, that, you know, oh, well, do you actually know how to set up? you know, a soundboard, do you know how to run your own sound? (laughs) Oh, well, you're just the singer. So let me go talk to the band or let me go talk to this other person. And I'm like, do you know where this cable goes? Yes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's very sad, but I'm, I'm happy to see, you know, there's, there's, it's starting to change. Um, Mm -hmm. and there's more of us starting to kind of become more prevalent or speak about the fact that like, yes, we had a hand in this entire song process Mm -hmm. and, and you can totally hear it in the recording that, you know, Mm -hmm. it's so tight. Um, those horns. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ooh boy. (laughs) (laughs) It was amazing. I I used to be in jazz band. Mm -hmm. I was in jazz band in high school and in my undergrad and it just like took me back immediately. (laughs) So like when we were doing like, just like the really big brass ones mm-hmm. and like the brass would just yeah. wail. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. So good. Maybe I haven't had the privilege of experiencing a really tight horn mm. section. Uh but this was really, really tight. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Good. so tight. So it good. Fits so perfectly with her lyrics, with her vocals, um, mm-hmm. and then the breakdown at the end, like, mm-hmm. ugh. Yeah. Just every, every piece of it. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah. yeah. And her voice control, too. Like, oh. Right. I mean, her oh. runs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also liked how there was kind of, um, during the verses, there's an interplay between the mm-hmm. horns and her. So it's mm-hmm. almost like a call and response. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely reminded me of Baychella. Like just the like oh. vocal aesthetic and then like the horns that came in. I was mm. just like, huh. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like that. Uh, is that an influence? Uh-huh. Do we? Do we? Do we have this here? <laughs> like that whole thing. Didn't it start with uh, "Crazy in Love"? Yeah. Yeah. The horn. Yeah. 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 That horn move started with Bay. Yeah. yeah. It did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It did. Um, I guess before we get more into the specific song, I'd really like to know more about music therapy in Malaysia. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, what does that look like? Um, I guess, like, are there are there schools that offer those programs? Are there music therapists working there? Mm-hmm. I guess speak a little bit more about that. Yeah, so currently in Malaysia, we do not have an official music therapy program. Hmm. Wow. Um, we, but we do have a Malaysia Music Therapist Association that is recognized by the government. We have registered with the government. Uh, we are working right now on um, getting recognized by the Ministry of Health under um, Allied Health section. Hmm. Um, wow. Or allied or complementary health, or mm-hmm. uh, I think there's a sector called uh, traditional and complementary health, mm-hmm. and that's where the government wants to, uh, is considering putting us there. Mm-hmm. So uh, we are really excited about it. We actually just finished writing our um, scope of practice document. Uh, nice. That's exciting. That's amazing. Two years ago, yeah. So we had a <laughs> retreat at my home. Uh, the music therapist came from Kuala Lumpur down to my hometown. Uh, I would. The town I grew up in, mm-hmm. uh, 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 Malacca, mm-hmm. and uh, we spend the whole weekend working on it while wow. enjoying good food. Nice. <laughs> awesome. That's another big thing about Malaysia. It's a culture where we live to eat instead of eating to live. Mm. <laughs> uh, we wouldn't mind traveling 30 minutes for the best bowl of like, fish noodles. Mm. Uh, we, we know where the best places are, and it's a uh, country where a lot of the food culture is based on food carts mm. or the American equivalent is food carts but we call that hawker stalls where um, the cook has been doing this for 30 years and perfected mm. their recipe because they do this every single day for 30 years Wow, yeah. at least and yeah. you know where the best one is in town there's always a competing one <laughs> like 5 minutes away but you know where's the best one you know where's the, what time to go, right. how long the line is, but the two-hour line sometimes is worth the wait. Wow. That's the culture we grew up in. Nice. <laughs> I like it. Food is good. Yeah. Yes, food is good. <laughs> uh, where was I going with Music that? Music therapy. Music therapy, yes. Okay. <laughs> Holy crap. Uh, but yeah, we uh, there currently are about 10 or 15 of us in Malaysia. All of us were um, educated overseas. Most of us from the US, UK, or Australia. A couple of us graduated from either Japan or China. Mm. Um, But we're all there. We are working really hard to get recognition. Uh, I would say some of uh, them would even say that we are overwhelmed with mm. a lot of the requests uh, for music therapy that are going on there. So there are a lot of job prospects. Mm. That's Des- exciting. Yeah, despite it not being a, an established profession, people know that music helps. Yeah. And people who want need help for their health or their ve- developmental lives, 
they go online and search and they find this thing called music therapy and mm-hmm. they look for music therapy in Malaysia mm-hmm. and seek out music therapists but most of them already have full full caseloads are already mm-hmm. overextended wow so they have to create a wait list wow but I think about once every other week I'll see on our group message that oh I I have a referral. Any Does anyone want to take it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a point where we don't even have to like hoard our own. We don't hoard our clients. It's like, I'm seriously overwhelmed. Anybody, you want to take this? Hey, it's this client is close to you. You can drive there. Yeah. Uh, do wow. you want to take it? Do you have time to take this client? Mm-hmm. What are some of the common populations um, that you see over there? Mostly um, uh Kids living with this disability or disabled kids, this uh, depending on how you want to define uh, or how you see um, disability manifests in a person. Right. Um, and then we also have music therapists working with uh, pain. Uh, there's one music therapist who graduated from UK who does uh, psychoanalytic, psychodynamic work. Really? Um, and East Malaysia, where th- uh, the healthcare sector seems to be a bit more progressive than the right. main uh, mainland. Um, what else? Uh, we do have another music therapist that works with cancer pain. Um, once a week at a hospital, about two hours away from where she lives, she'll oh, just wow. drive down there. Yeah. Ooh, that's a lot. <laughs> so I, she has family that lives there, so it's like visiting family and just hanging out there for a whole day. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we are. A small country, but we definitely need more than ten or fifteen music therapists. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. That's yeah. amazing that there's so. So much if you guys potential. are looking for a job, <laughs> right? go to Malaysia. Yeah, <laughs> we amazing. are looking for talent. But no, if there are mus- uh, Malaysians who are listening to this podcast who are worried about getting a job after they pay a lot of money to go overseas to study, mm. yeah, there are job opportunities for you back home. Mm-hmm. You do need to know how to advocate for yourself, advocate for your position, advocate mm-hmm. for documentation hours, mm-hmm. prep hours, yeah. clinical hours, mm-hmm. and th- how all that needs to be built. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you do need to advocate for that. You do, do need to educate the public about what mu- is music therapy, mm-hmm. but there are opportunities. Yeah. That's, yeah. Cool. I also think it's really interesting, and I wonder if you could speak a little bit more about this too, um, the fact that there isn't like a program in Malaysia for mm-hmm. education and training. Mm-hmm. And yet yeah, it's, it's booming. It's thriving. It's what it seems like it's yeah. like at capacity. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people understanding and like people in Malaysia, like really understanding the importance and the power of music. Like mm-hmm. how would you say music has influenced like the culture of Malaysia? And then specifically like for you leading oh, to this journey. Yeah. So I'm actually presenting about this tomorrow's friday i think it's tomorrow that i'm presenting this whoa Uh, (laughs) about um uh the intersections of um chinese philosophy and western based music therapy Uh, we have to acknowledge that what we are learning right now in music therapy are based on western standards of health right yes Mm -hmm. yes eurocentric standards of health right yeah but we have (laughs) never considered to look into um, 
philosophies on music and health from other cultures. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, even if people have attempted to do that, it's usually through a very white lens mm-hmm. without understanding the essence of the culture mm-hmm. or having the lived experience of the culture. I'm not saying that you have to be Asian or Chinese to understand Taoism or Confucianism, but more often than not, if you're just reading a book about it, you don't get the lived experience or to understand the essence of it. Mm. Uh, for me, myself, I grew up um, un- learning about Taoism and Confucianism, but it wasn't until I started practicing martial arts four years ago that I started to live Taoism mm-hmm. through every aspect of, or I tried to through every aspect of life, considering the Taoist way of understanding nature and how a person interacts with nature mm-hmm. and how the world um, balances itself or harmonizes within itself. Uh, th- I had to start do it physically through martial arts to understand those concepts. Wow. Um, but I would say all that because through a Chinese lens, um, especially through a Confucianist lens, uh, music is essential to cultivating health. Mm-hmm. It's not there just for therapy or an intervention. It's health is seen in a lot of different Asian cultures as something that needs to be cultivated as as opposed to you are born 100% and then whenever you get this um, illness or this disability, you right. go to your health is reduced. Mm. Right. Uh, we see that health is needed. You need to cultivate it through all actions of your life, especially through what you eat, mm-hmm. um, what you think, how you live your life, um, and through the arts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a part of that presentation also shows a video of parks in China. And you see this in a lot of Chinese populated parks all around the world where you see... Oh, older Chinese people <laughs> in the parks. Uh, if you watch the Ali Wong, but it's true yeah. for the, those ladies, it's not only a physical activity, but they're also activating their like meridian points right. through yeah. slapping it. Yeah. No, it's not spiritual. It's like there are all these chi points that you are tapping yeah. to activate it, mm-hmm. to, to cultivate your health. Right. Yeah. It's not, for us it's not merely a spiritual thing it's a different aspect of health mm-hmm. that is not common in the western lens like right. acupuncture right yeah 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 which you can kind of see if you get into like EFT mm-hmm. which is the tapping mm-hmm. um, I know like I go to a chiropractor that focuses on breath and mm-hmm. meridian points mm-hmm. um, it's not it's not the same thing but mm-hmm. it, it focuses on similar parts it's yeah. just in, in a different it's in a more of a western yeah um, yeah but so there's not yeah. only these uh, people doing tai chi or doing the awkward uh, but it's very adorable for yeah. me to see yeah. <laughs> like the, the slapping and tapping thing but there's also like group dancing yes there's a group yeah. dancing and there's a cute name that the <laughs> the Chinese people refer to the lady it's typical ladies that do it uh, they're they call the um 
the mom, uh, the dancing moms <laughs> in the park, <laughs> the dancing moms in the park. <laughs> uh, uh, they just a whole bunch of ladies just gather, and there's a de facto leader that uh, chooses a song and choreographs a whole like line dance thing for a group of people to dance to. And mm-hmm. you'll see that in one park, you can find at least five or six different groups mm-hmm. of these dance communities and then on the other corner you see people doing Chinese orchestra in the park in the other corner you see people doing Tai Chi like (laughs) health through an Asian lens especially through a Taoist Confucianist or a lot of uh, Asian philosophies it needs to be cultivated and I find that very different to the systems here, the healthcare systems here in America, like yeah. you have to have an illness, and then you have to go to a, a GP, and then they diagnose something or they refer you to someone. And all that because of insurance, you have to build this, you have to build that. That's mm-hmm. the system there. But within a health cultivation system, you do not need to be ill to worry about your health. Mm. Health is something that is constantly on your mind that you want to cultivate. Mm. Not like you're worrying about it, but every action you do, your health is going to be impacted by it. Right. Mm -hmm. People play a more active role than a a passive role. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And music is a very vital part of that. Wow. So does that answer your question about music and culture in Malaysia? Yeah, and it... Would you say that also has influenced you in becoming a music therapist? Oh, that is a different question altogether. <laughs> oh. I think I asked two questions, so yeah. it's definitely not your fault. <laughs> we can always play back and see. <laughs> Listeners, you can find the timestamp in which I asked two questions. Let us know. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. So I came into music therapy. My mom tells a different story, but I'm going to tell my story. It's my narrative. It's your world. It's my world. <laughs> so, sorry, mom. Uh, I love you. Uh, anyways, my uh, my parents told me after I graduated from high school that they were going to send me to America. I need to learn to be independent. I need to learn to be responsible for my own life. They will pay for school. So it's not like I'm totally independent from them. I'm still financially dependent on them. But I get to... I'm away from them. I have to make my own decisions about doing homework and Mm. um, choosing classes and cooking and all that. So um, we're going to send you to America. You get to choose whatever program you want to do. And at that time, I have been playing piano for about 11 years by that time. I started when I was six, and then I was 17 then. We we graduated at 17 in Malaysia. Um, So I was like, okay, I want to do something in music. I really... But... I'm horrible at practicing piano back then. I was horrible at practicing piano back then. I I knew I wouldn't want to be a classical pianist, going to a conservatory. Mm. That's not my life. That's Mm. not me. I might say a different thing now, but that's not me. Um, That wasn't me. And then I was considering, oh, maybe I'll be a music teacher. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's something that my parents were somewhat against because it's a... You have to hustle a lot to be a music teacher in Malaysia. If you have to, um, if you have to run your own piano studio, things like that, you have to be very wise business person to do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not the most savvy business person in the world. <laughs> That's what my siblings are for. <laughs> All of them went to the business world, Amazing. but me. <laughs> uh, so I just googled and found oh, music therapy. I could try that. 
it's a Bachelor of Science, and that could appease my Asian parents. Uh, it's the Bachelor of Science. You get a minor yes. psychology out of it, yep. right? Uh, Same with my parents. <laughs> nice. Yeah, we relate. Uh, but then once I got it to TWU, and then uh, especially after a professor played a North Robbins video mm-hmm. in class, and I was like, because for a while, I was like, I love music therapy. I'm starting to understand it, but I still don't know if it's really me. And I didn't think it was really me until I saw the North Robbins video. Um, I think it was improvised song in group music therapy with Alan Terry and Laura Beer. I, I'll tell them the story a lot, <laughs> that how <laughs> they inspired me to do music therapy. But um, yeah, that's how I saw that video in class at TWU, and I was like, that's the music therapist I want to be. Mm. And that I was thinking that, but that was nervous. I was like, I, do I have the skills to do that? And I looked around my classmates and then they were like, Ming, that is totally you. You <laughs> need to be this kind of music therapist. So that's how I ended up going to North Robbins. Mm. Wow. What was it about North Robbins that really like pulled you into it? Oh, that question the answer my answer for that question evolves a lot but right now my draw towards north robbins is how music becomes this playground where two musicians can meet mm-hmm. at the place it and it used to be I was, I was thinking about okay for therapeutic purposes and all that but now i see that our understanding of music therapy especially with autistic people it's quite problematic at this point in uh, time Mm -hmm. and recognizing that. But if we take that element of two musicians meeting together and learning from each other, how to communicate with another through the musical environment, that to me is the essence of Nora Robbins, Mm -hmm. um, where we can be ourselves and the be and work towards, uh, the version of ourselves we want to be through mutual music making. I love that. The music child, bringing it out. Uh, bring it, that concept's also problematic too. <laughs> That's for a different podcast. <laughs> My understanding of it. Yeah. Uh, and if you we run it through a critical disability discourse, we can unpack yeah, that. We'll, we'll but unpack that later. Yeah. For a different podcast. Like we have to literally unpack for conference. Yeah. It's like, and then we'll unpack other things later. <laughs> so one of the things that I notice is definitely like an influence from a variety of different genres. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really interesting. And I think we've talked about this briefly before, just like casually, mm-hmm. but we can put it on the record. Um, just the influence about a lot of different like black aesthetics that happen within um, Asian pop music and mm-hmm. Asian pop artists. Mm-hmm. And like you can hear a lot of like funk elements and like made a mention to like Beychella, but yeah. just that influence that's mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And one of the thoughts that came to my mind and speaking about this with others earlier about how this could definitely be an opportunity to educate on different aesthetics and cultures and that influence. Yeah. And especially hearing more about Malaysia's culture, Mm -hmm. about how there is this presence of so many different cultures and how it all intersects and like Mm -hmm. is influencing one another. Yeah. So definitely like an educational opportunity. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that brings to the really exciting conversation about 
appreciation versus appropriation. Definitely. Right? Yeah. Were you leading towards that? Yeah. There, was, there was a post on one of the Facebook groups that mm-hmm. someone posted. It was an article mm-hmm. about how like the rise of Asian hip hop dance groups, mm-hmm. um, especially. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, is it appropriation or is it appreciation? Yeah. And like me also being Asian, mm-hmm. like I've, I mean, I'm a horrible dancer, but like all my friends were in Asian dance groups and mm-hmm. stuff. And like, yeah, this was the type of music that they would dance to. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I recently gotten involved with more Asian American communities mm-hmm. where hip hop and rap is a big part of their culture too yeah and i had to do a little bit more digging about it is it appreciation is it appropriation what's going on there and then when i did more research into it i noticed people like wu-tang clan they went down to chinatown in manhattan to Mm -hmm. study taoism and confucianism and incorporated that's what informed their Mm hip-hop so i think it's a culture of mutual appreciation Mm -hmm. because people actually do the work of understanding each other and understanding the roots of where everything came from instead of i'm going to use Mm -hmm. hip-hop without honoring where it came from Mm -hmm. you don't have to explicitly honor like this came from black people (laughs) slavery it doesn't have you don't have to do that spiel every time but you have to at least understand that for yourself so when you approach this genre Mm -hmm. you can do that responsibly definitely Mm -hmm. and i also think too another big part about that is we work with such diverse groups and i think as a field we don't our field doesn't necessarily reflect back the diversity in which we serve. And it's really important that if we have this opportunity for our clientele to like see and they connect with something, Mm -hmm. if you don't understand the history and the context of it, not being able, like you can't just, you can't blindly bring in music and erase like the culture and the context of it. Mm -hmm. Like music is for me and my philosophy and my personal opinion, Mm -hmm. like music really reinforces and encapsulate identity through all the sounds that Mm -hmm it just creates and that we can see and experience. So I think it's a really interesting topic and a very necessary topic to dive into, especially as we start exploring new cultures and their music mm-hmm. and just being able to give our, those people that we serve and work with the opportunity to connect with a culture that mm-hmm. they may not, they may not be given that opportunity to access. Right. Yeah. And like we've, I mean, that's been a kind of an ongoing discussion within our profession, like with our like, insane use of drum circles right like how uh, you know <laughs> and how, and then, yeah and, how yeah, and then, you know yeah, everyone's calling yeah. the same instrument a bongo and it's like no <laughs> like, they're all so different yeah they're yeah. also different so and, different mm-hmm. yeah so like i remember when i was an undergrad i would lead drum circles all the time as like a practicum thing but i definitely didn't do as much research as I should have and understanding all the instruments and like the history and the culture behind it and like you know now like I have (laughs) but I think that's important whenever like uh, that you could spend a whole session on that you Mm -hmm. know like bringing in a type of music or a certain instrument and like teaching them about the culture and the history Mm -hmm. and like you know recreating Mm -hmm. something like you know with all of that Mm mm-hmm I yeah. think with the hip hop culture and how Asians in America, or not just Asian Americans, but Asians in America experience with their lived experiences, they, there's a shared theme of being ostracized and being othered. Yes. And that's why the hip hop 
music draws to them. And even if you draw the roots of hip hop to how it, it inf- was influenced by some Taoism and Confucianist mm-hmm. theories, uh, you can see the intermingling there, but it's all rooted in the system within America of being othered mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and marginalized. Yes. Mm-hmm. Can you just think about a session that's like, that addresses that. Just like, just sit in that space for a second. Like, cause being completely honest, like we work with people who are considered margin marginalized in mm-hmm. some way, shape or form. Yeah. And I think again, understanding that context and knowing how powerful that can be when bringing in that music. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not even going to say just like bringing it in, but like, especially when it's brought to us in that yes. space, like being able to understand all these contextual systemic issues and mm-hmm. like obstacles that people face. Mm-hmm. Um, like music is such music is so unique in that sense that it captures all of that in these three to four minute like just yeah. pieces yeah. and it can be explored and talked about for I don't know like we talked for a really long time but bringing it back to the song and mm-hmm. with your question I see the song it's a great way for us to explore self-advocacy yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, if you think about our previous music therapy programs oh, I've never seen anyone write out the goal or objective regarding self-advocacy no but if you look at the literature on uh, quality of life mm-hmm. literature and mm-hmm. also um, from autistic scholars or advocates they say that a lot they want to learn how to advocate for themselves mm-hmm. and be communicate to people that they are also the experts of their own lived experiences mm-hmm. and their own lives and mm-hmm. their own health and we need to respect that mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. yeah so this song is a great i think this song is a great vehicle to discuss what is my world mm-hmm. yeah. and how do you communicate your lived experiences to other people mm-hmm. totally agree it's something like I, I work with adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities um, all various types of um, disorders and, and diagnoses and um, it's something that I no matter what we're working on what we've decided I, al- I always go to the client to um, to discuss the goals mm. no matter what um, you know, obviously their, their guardians and their teachers and things have an input in that, but I always talk to them first. And part of that, no matter the goal is self-advocacy and feeling independent. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I could totally see this song as being something about talking about, you know, what is, what is your world like? What is your identity? Identity is something that I bring up a lot and actually brought up in multiple sessions this week with clients. And when you ask them that, how do you describe yourself? You know, tell me a, a few things about yourself. They don't know what to say mm-hmm. because nobody asks them, who are you? Mm-hmm. How would you describe yourself to someone? So I think it's something that needs to be explored more and talked about more, less of like trying to pathologize them and work mm-hmm. on like eye contact and things that don't matter, especially with adults, yeah. just improving their quality of life and, and showing that they are adults. They can make their own decisions and giving them that sense of independence and, mm-hmm. and forming that identity with them, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, sh- and guiding them into like, how would I describe myself to yeah. someone mm-hmm. um so that's something that i really strive for with them mm-hmm. but the song is definitely something you know just empowerment mm-hmm. and i am mm. like <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i also think it'd be really cool 
to further reinforce expressing what your identity is and what your world is like to do some sort of art thing with it Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. draw what is my world Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) um what is it like because she talks a lot about like what's inside Mm -hmm. and then also like what's happening on the outside yeah as well she references her parents a few times yeah. like their expectations of her right. but then how she's living her world mm-hmm. right. I think another cool thing with that art piece mm-hmm. is that the song also gives you like a really great time frame to which to like follow certain prompts mm-hmm. because that shift at the very end where it just goes to fly on yeah. repeat there's mm-hmm. a drastic shift musically Yes, right. so you could have like the first part of the song is like draw what your world is yeah. and then when it shifts draw what you want your world to be like or like that. having something along that way to where there mm-hmm. is like a shift mm-hmm. and there's the, the music just gives you that time to do it mm-hmm. yeah. man so many so many good things i know yeah. <laughs> so many more discussions that could be had this could I be know. a two-parter <laughs> yeah <laughs> we, had more we are we here for the rest two. of the week we are, we are. <laughs> We can do a part two. Yeah. <laughs> to be continued. To be continued, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I would love to come on again, either with this song or a different song. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Been fun. We would love oh, to. It's been a really back. great conversation. Yeah. yeah. It's a really yeah. good conversation. Oh, man. I'm sorry, but we have to end it. <laughs> oh. We'll be back with more. Yeah. Um, well, Irma, thank you so much for this yes, song. Beautiful song. Oh, so great. I texted Ming as soon as like I heard it. I was like, "This is a banger!" <laughs> <laughs> I know we were looking at her whole discography. Yeah. Like, oh, do you want this song? I like the song. Yeah, like that song. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. Title track. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Ming, thank you. Oh, yeah. thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was great to learn more about your experience and your the culture as well. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Love it. Yeah. Um. Do you guys have anything else you want to say? Um, there are Christmas t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Straight into the promo. Sorry, I have to. I can't help myself. Hashtag poop sweater. Yeah. What up? Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, guys, we have a poop Christmas sweater. It <laughs> has yes. a poop emoji, a frowning poop emoji with a Santa hat on it. Santa hat on poop. It's yep. great. We also have the um, ficus trio ficus tree sweater. Yes. Um, we have a lot of other cool We have a lot shirts. of cool stuff. Um, so Christmas presents, yeah. stocking stuffers, <laughs> all the things. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Patreon. Patreon. Um, all the usual that we... Yeah, the usual spiel. We don't want to bore you with the spiel because you guys already know. Yeah. But if you would like to support us, we would love your support. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, and uh, if you haven't had a chance yet, Gabby and I both have episodes on Music Therapy Chronicles. Yeah, so thank you, Trisha. Out. Thank you, Trisha. Thank you yeah. so much. Go check those out. Um, Gabby's just came out this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah, go check those out as well. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, we're going to sign off um, with you guys listening to My World by Irma Slayman. Yes. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 And pray. We shall.
Baby, yeah. 